Welcome to The Theatre Project. Today, The Theatre Project is thinking about writing short stories. I'm your host, Mary Ionelli, and I sat down with award-winning author, playwright, actor, and voiceover talent, Jody LaBelle, to discuss the art of writing in general, and specifically as it pertains to writing short stories. We hope you enjoy. Um, So, Jody, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. How did this all start for you? Was there an early experience where you learned that language had power? Well, I started writing, period, and it was in grade school. We were reading Edgar Allan Poe at the time, and I realized how creeped out I was. (laughs) And I went home, and I made a list of words that evoked that same creepy feeling, you know, blood, dungeon, those kind of things, because, you know, I was, what, 10? And I remember showing it to my father, and it hit me how powerful words were. That's how I got started. And what do you prefer to write now, fiction or nonfiction? You know, I write fiction, but as they say, you write what you know. So a lot of my stories are based on true life events. Before I retired, I was a court reporter. So my first two novels had a court reporter for a protagonist, you know, which is your main character. Right. And all of the court scenes were from my own work experiences. I used to work only felony criminal cases, which are murderers, rapists, big-time thieves. I did a lot of grand jury work. I even worked a couple of serial killer cases. I worked on the Tamiami Strangler case, in fact. So, yeah, I had plenty of material to draw some. So my very first book, which was titled Off the Record, which is out of print now, but I've since reprinted it as the Steno's Notes, and my second novel, Playing Dead, they have the same characters. I do have a third courtroom book outline that I'll get to someday. So I started out writing what I know. Okay. And how did you transition from that to a lot of the short stories that you've been put out for publication? When I went to some writing groups, I found that other writers were getting paid to write short stories. And writing short is so much easier than a big old long novel that I started writing about mm, 10 years ago, writing short stories. And I just love it. Oh, that's great. What is your your writing process like? Do you have a set time that you write, or is it just when the inspiration strikes? Well, I'm retired, so I don't have a set time to write, but I do write every day. You know, if you let your work sit too long, you lose the details of your story. Uh, Wait, what kind of car did I say she was driving? Uh, Did I give her a dog? Oh, geez, what did I say her brother's name was? Those kind of things. So, so then you have to go back and reread your previous chapters and get yourself back in the story. So I write when the mood strikes me, and sometimes it's four in the morning. But once I sit down to write, I'm there for hours until until my butt falls asleep, basically. Oh, wow. And there was something you just said about taking notes. Like, do you kind of follow a storyboard for your stories as you begin them, or... So you know kind of like the tree, the family tree and the family history and whether they have a dog or what some of the specifics (laughs) are. You know, there are plotters and there are pantsers. And uh, I'm a plotter to a degree, but I'm really a pantser right by the seat of my pants. (laughs) And so I have to jot all those little details down on on a notepad and refer to them on occasion. And I I do a lot of rereading of the chapter. So, yeah. Because you've written your first 
novels were, you know, of a court stenographer and, and whatnot. Do you find that you find yourself conforming to what your readers want, or do you write something original, you know, based on what you want to deliver? That's a good question. And it all has to do with whether you want to sell your work or not. Because if you're writing to sell, it's very important to study the market and write to the market. If you're just writing for yourself, you could blow off the marketing trends and write whatever you feel like. You know, for example, you may be able to sell a vampire story, and God, how sick are we of them, but I doubt you can sell a a vampire who turns into a unicorn who likes to cross-dress story. There's no market there. Right. That makes sense. Do you always write under your name? Do you ever use a pseudonym, or have you considered that? I've never written anything that I wouldn't be proud to put my name on, so no. But, however, there's a value in using a pen name. If you're successful as an author and you write gritty detective stories, when your fans see your name, they know what kind of book they're going to get. So let's say I wanted to start writing in another area, say cozy mysteries or sweet romances. Well, I couldn't use my name on those. You know, for example, Nora Roberts started out writing straight romance, and then when she began churning out suspense, she became J.D. Robb. So when you pick up a Nora Roberts book, you know what you're buying, ditto with a J.D. Robb book. So that's the only time I would use a pen name, but I I haven't as yet. I seem to stick with romantic suspense. That's the thing I like to write. And how do you select the names of your characters? I know if you're writing a sequel, um, you can keep some of them the same, but when you're writing something brand new, do you use the names of friends? I know I've seen some things where you can bid on getting your name in a published writer's next novel and being one of their characters so how do you select that's true that's true and if i was ever that famous that would be thrilling (laughs) Uh, i select them willy-nilly i have friends who want me to use their names and sometimes i do generally i google baby names and i peruse that list and i pick out something that i think matches the kind of character i'm writing in my last three novels though i've taken to using names starting with the letter j i'm not sure why it's just my little thing that i'm doing That's okay. Everybody's got to have their little thing. Are there certain scenes that are hard for you to write or certain characters, like if they're an opposite sex character or something like that? The only thing for me that's hard to write is sex scenes. I mean, part A goes into part B. How many ways can you say it? But unless you're writing sweet romances where they quiver when they touch each other's fingers and maybe, maybe they'll kiss by the end, All other forms of romance, even uh, romantic suspense, which I write, the reader almost always expects to have them fall in bed. So without getting too harlequiny, if that's a word, you know, Mm -hmm. heaving bosoms and all that, you have to have the quickened pulses and the wobbly knees and the racing heart and the feel of the skin and him feeling the heat of his blood and all that. And you only have one or two sex scenes in the whole book, and I don't care to get too physically graphic. And I try to make the readers care, and and I write a lot of emotions and feelings. Sometimes I just bring the couple up to the point of penetration, and then I end the sex scene with, and he took her breath away. And I leave it at that. (laughs) How long on average does it take you to write a book? Well, I don't work on it full time. Some, uh, you know, authors work eight hours a day. It's their living. But uh, I, I, from six to nine months average, I can churn out a book. And once you've 
you've written it and you've got your first draft or whatever draft you're ready to submit, do you then submit to somebody to edit it or do you do that on your own? How important is the editor in that whole process? Oh, it's extremely important to edit. Never edit your own work. You don't catch the little errors. Your eye tends to fly right by misspellings because you know the story. You need to find a critique partner and swap work. Or at least have a couple of friends read it. As I finish a chapter, I send it off to another writer and my daughter. So I get a writer's eyes and a reader's eyes on it. And they tell me if it makes sense or the writer will say, you know, your your point of view is off here, that kind of thing. If you're not sure of, of a tense or you need to do some research, you know, also you want to impress the editor who's reading your stories and you don't want to send it in with any kind of mistakes. So please edit your stories. Editors are like sharks in the water and your mistake just let out a little blood. And is there a difference between an editor and a proofreader? Like is an editor looking well, at it from one perspective, like you said, a reader would? A proofreader is, uh, yeah, a proofreader is sort of, uh, uh, she's a friend, she's another writer, she's somebody who's looking at your work. An editor is a person who works for a magazine or a publishing house, somebody who's going to push your work onto the printing press. So to me, there's a big difference. Maybe if we look it up in the dictionary, there's no difference, but there, there is. Do you have to do research I know if you're writing about the courtroom scene and, and that whole thing, you've had experience with that. But if you're starting something new or even if it was a courtroom scene or you're writing about a real life trial, um, how much research do you do first and how do you go about that? Well, you know, back in the early 90s when my first books came out, there was no such thing as Google. If you wanted information, you went to the library Nowadays, you can find information about anything, anything. My search history is quite interesting, from how to kill a person with poisonous plants in Florida to how to to hide a body in the woods. I'm surprised I haven't been flagged by law enforcement, frankly. (laughs) But anyway, in my Around the World series, which is what I'm working on now, I use Google a lot. One of my books takes place in Iran, one in Iceland. Back in the day, I used to be a travel agent, and I traveled quite a bit, but I have never been to either of those two places. So I had to Google the land, the people, the dress, the food, what a tourist would see. Nowadays, it's so easy. And when I need something like a foreign name or what a wedding looks like in a certain country, it's right at my fingertips. It's very easy. But yes, you have to do a lot of research to make the book or the story realistic. And... I think you said you're you're writing a, a new series now. Do you want each book to stand on its own, or are there connections that that lead from one book into another in a sequential format? Yeah, the um, I like a connection between books in the sense of theme. I started out with courtroom theme books, and now I'm doing around the world series. However, each book does stand on its own. You can read them in any order. Um, I sort of get sick of using the same characters, so which is why I turn to writing around, just writing stories in different countries. The countries are sort of the characters. Um, and I like to have flawed characters. They're so much more interesting to read. So I change the characters up for each book. And I think that's a good thing because I've read, there was one series that I had started that, as a hint, 
has at least 26 books in it. But the first, I would say, 15 or 20 pages was just explaining the same thing that was in every other book. Yeah, yeah. That started that series, who the neighbors were, who the characters, you know, what their connections were. And I, I would just like got to the point where you just skipped by the first 25 pages and kind of started reading the story. So, yeah, yeah, that's to me that that's I know that author with 26 books or whatever is probably quite famous. But to me, that's just lazy writing. You you could fit that stuff in yeah, better. It becomes very formulaic. I find a lot of the romance novels, you know, when I was younger, you would read them and the sex scenes were like a big thing. It was like, Oh my God, look what's happening. You know, now I read it. And then I, when I get to that again, I just skip forward a couple of pages. Skip like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't need that anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna, I'm going to move on to the crux of this story. Do you put any in film? I think sometimes they call them Easter eggs, little, little secrets that you hide in a book that may only make sense to a few people who are very in the know or anything like that? You know, no, just lately I've been using the names beginning with J, but other than that, I don't have any Easter eggs, but I really do like that idea, Mary. I I think I might start doing that. (laughs) You sparked something there. Good, good. I can't wait. Before we get into like the short story specifically, how many unpublished or half finished books do you have in the works right now let's see currently i'm working on a romantic suspense series that takes place in the different countries like i said and i don't keep the same characters in each book um the theme is travel there i have two of those in the hands of my agent who's shopping them around and i'm currently working on the third in the series that's going to take place in nice france I also have an old court reporter one that's under the bed, as they say, and I'll revive it one of these days. I recall it being a fun one. um, In fact, all of my work contains humor to some degree. So I would say I have have two at the moment unfinished, one really under the bed unfinished, one on my computer sort of working on. And is that kind of normal for you? Yeah. Yeah. I like to finish what what I start generally, but... I'm like the uh, the crow with the shiny object. Ooh, look at this. Ooh, this one sounds interesting. Ooh, let's go over here. Let me start that. You know? Right. It's kind of hard to bring my focus back to what I'm supposed to be doing. And then we've been talking about your novels and stuff, but I'd like to get into the short stories a little bit. You mentioned why you started writing the short stories because it's, it's a quick, I'm not going to say easy, but it's less time consuming than writing a full length novel and you can see some monetary payback from doing that right there's a market for them yeah many magazines publish fiction and some pay quite well some pay a dollar a word uh you don't have to be have an agent to submit stories to magazines and you know we don't do it by mail anymore everything is submitted online it's very easy right is writing a short story like writing a novel? Are there similarities there? It's very similar. You know, a novel is big. It's long and complicated, and it takes a big investment of time. You have to fill a lot of pages and do it well. You know, do I have a good opening hook? Is the pace okay? Did I make my hero tough but still lovable? What tense am I in? What name did I give the dog? Again, the dog. Back dog. in Chapter 2. 
yeah, sometimes a book is so big it's hard to see all the way to the end and we, we, we give up. But a short story, well, it's short. Short stories are quick to write and rewrite. Short stories don't have time to get too complicated. Now, they have the same rules as a novel, but they're streamed li- streamlined. And it's easy to see in a thousand words where you need to fix the tense or put in a better description. You can complete a, pro- a project without dedicating six to eight months to it like you do with a novel. Right. A novels, uh, novels are simply short stories with more descriptions, subplots, and twists. Every writer should try a short story. The lack of subplots and the need to write tight makes it easier to stay on track. But like you said, short does not mean easy. So how many words are in a short story? A piece of writing consisting of less than 100 words is called microfiction, and sometimes it's called drabble. Uh, If a story has the word count of 100, but below 1,000, it's called flash fiction, and sometimes it's called a short short. Over that, the word count is somewhat fuzzy, and you'll see different numbers according to what site you visit. Generally, anything over a 1,000 words and up to 10,000 words is simply called a short story. And over 10,000 words is considered a novella. And let me just make a note here. The, the title of your story is not counted in the word count. So if you're writing a 100-word story, you don't count the title in the word count. And speaking of word counts, in the literary world, they count words, not pages. If you submit a book to a publishing house or an agent, you wouldn't say you've written a 275-page book. You'd say it's approximately 65,000 words. What was the shortest short story you've ever written or that you've ever heard of? Well, the shortest I've ever written is 100 words. And it was about someone being asked out on a date and then worrying if he might be a serial killer. It had a twist to it. And I've submitted that to several places, and I've yet to sell it. But I love that little short story. (laughs) The actual shortest story is found in the Bible, in the King James Version, at least. And it's just two words. Jesus wept. Wow. And though it's only ten characters, too short to even tweet, really, it has a tremendous significance for believers. But probably the most famous short story is Baby Shoes for Sale, Never Worn. This six-word story is popularly attributed to Ernest Hemingway, but I, uh, the link to him is probably unlikely. Was that meant to be sad? Because I found it very... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so where do you find places that sell short stories, and is there a format for submitting them? Many reputable magazines accept fiction. Magazines such as Good Housekeeping, Woman's World, Ellery Queen, and not only in the United States. Don't forget about other English-speaking countries. You know, Google magazines that accept fiction, and you're going to be pleasantly surprised. There are travel magazines, pet magazines, camping and RV magazines. The list is endless. And speaking of lists, I have a list of 53 magazines that pay that I have personally submitted to. And I think you're going to attach it somewhere somehow. Yes, we will definitely include it, um, that along with your ebook, Write Better Right Now. The links will be on our website. You'll also need to do some research to find the best fit for the kind of stories you write. There are many, many short story contests you can enter also if you want to just get your feet wet and, and see if you've got the chops. Some have cash prizes or offer a publication in a magazine. Uh, speaking of that, though, stay away from contests that charge to enter. 
that's like modeling, you know, don't pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I pay once in a while if the magazine is well known or the price the prize is hefty, but generally you don't. Now, each magazine has their own submission guidelines, and they will tell you how to get your story to them. Look it up on the web. Um, and it's important you follow their guidelines. If they say you size 12 font double space, then do it, or they won't even read your submission. That is good to know. Do you have any other tips that would help somebody write a short story? Yes. Just because the form is short doesn't mean you can skimp on the basics of a good story. Obviously, it has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, sure. But it needs conflict and resolution. Conflict and resolution being the most important part of that last sentence. The element of surprise or intrigue, which makes your conflict, is also very important. Let me give you an example of a short story, and it's not a good one. Jane lives in the country surrounded by woods, very peaceful, no neighbors. This morning she got up at the crack of dawn, made coffee and sat on her porch to enjoy the morning. Then she went to work, came home right at the dot of 6 p.m., had dinner, watched a movie that made her sad, and went to bed. Okay, it's a story. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, but who cares? I was just thinking that. Yeah, would you call your friends and say, oh my gosh. Yeah, you have to read this story. No, it's missing all of the elements that it needs to make it interesting. And it's also poorly written. We have a golden rule in writing. You show, you don't tell. In this story, she did this, she did that, she did this other thing. It was all telling. It's also full of cliches. Crack of dawn, dot of six. That story is... Now, if Jane had gotten up, made her coffee gone out on her pretty porch and there in the middle of her porch was a child's shoe well she lives in the middle of nowhere there's woods around no neighbors now you've piqued some reader interest where did that come from what will she do conflict drives your story and what makes a story interesting or exciting what makes you want to keep reading to find out what happens again conflict Mm -hmm. it's your necessary element of any story It drives the narrative forward and it compels the reader to keep reading. So the point is you need to include a hook or have a unique element. You need movement or change, which is the conflict. And you need to have emotional appeal in your story. And all this takes place in about four pages. So easy, right? Right. (laughs) Well, no one said it was going to be easy, but it comes with time and practice. When you sit down to write a short story, do you say here are the four components and this is basically what I want and then kind of work into them or do you just start writing with an idea in your head and eventually you know where you have to go so you're just going to take it there yeah because I'm a pantser I have a a, I have my characters that I want to use and I have some kind of a situation to put them in and how I get them in and out of it is me working the story. For a new writer, I guess it wouldn't hurt until you figure out what type of a writer you are to kind of jot those down so that you know you you have a map of where you have to go and, and how to get there. Would that, do you think that would help somebody starting out? Absolutely. Um, I would say starting out, definitely plot your story out. It helps you to know where you're going, where you've been, and how you're going to get there. And when you get a little more confident, you may not have to plot so much, but plotting is a good thing. It's a very good thing. The only problem with plotting 
my characters tend to do what they want to do. I'll be writing something and I'll think I'm going to the left and all of a sudden I realize we're going to the right and now I've got to change things. So be prepared to change. Yep. Yeah, don't don't get so focused on, no, no, this is what I said I was yes. going to do. <laughs> That's right. And I'm going to no, make cause it. No, because your characters... <laughs> No, because your characters are going to, they're going to talk back to you and uh, they're not going that way. And then you mentioned you had some how to write short. I have nine tips on writing short. So let me get into those. Number one, you make, you need to make every word count. So instead of saying that nasty mean kid in high school, cut it down to teen bully. Now you've only got two words. And yes, if you're talking about a nice hotel room that has a marble tub and a gold faucet and thick plush carpeting, well, in a short story, you don't have space for all that. You would have to cut it down to richly appointed. Mm-hmm. So keep watch your word count. Second thing is you need to be clear. Even though you don't have much space, you still have to get the story across. If your character is acting badly because of his past, well, we need to know what that past is but a very brief version of it. Bitter divorce or smothering mother will t- will tell it all. Third, you need to be visual. Let the reader picture your characters. Instead of talking about the neighbor as Richard, a little trick is to describe him. Again, it's the show-don't-tell thing. You would say, the vegetarian fireman or the husband-stealing blonde next door. It gives the reader a picture rather than just a name. Four, Focus on the core conflict. We don't have time for subplots. Man robs bank, man runs from cops, man learns some kind of lesson, period. Five, choose compelling verbs. Struggles is much more evocative than decides. Weezed gives a better picture than breathed. Choose nice verbs. Six, start off with a bang. Get right to the problem or inciting incident. You don't have the word length to talk about how she's dressed or the weather or have a chit-chat with the co-workers. First thing, bang, start off. Rob that bank, crash that car, have the lovers walk away from each other. Whatever it is, grab your reader right away. Or your reader's not going to keep reading. Seven, make us like your characters. While a strong opening to a short story is essential, the characters are the glue that hold it together. Make your reader care about them. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of words. And we love a flawed character. We relate. We don't relate to perfect people. Think of that, some little blonde who's got a little cute figure and she has the perfect clothes. Oh, please, who cares? Think about Indiana Jones. We don't really care what treasure he's after or what countries he's in. We just like him. So he's the draw to the stories. Eight. Remember to show, not tell. I must have said it five times now. If if you take away anything, take away that. He was a very tall and handsome man, is telling. He had looks that made women turn and stare. Now that's showing, and it's much more interesting to read. Nine, your last thing. Never hurt an animal. In your story, you can kill a Boy Scout and no one would blink an eye. No, there's a cliche for you, blink an eye. But kill a dog? Oh, you'll be getting emails for years. Trust me, I did it, I regret it, and I'm still getting comments on it 10 years later. That's great. There's your nine. And that, that seems very comprehensive. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to mention? 
Now, you must realize that there are no new stories. Every storyline you can think of has already been used. Murder, revenge, greed, and lust, just to name a few. Every story has been told, but it's your job to present your version in a fresh and entertaining way. It's a writer's job to write stories that people will want to read, but it has to be your story. So never be tempted to borrow or steal a storyline with the intention of brushing a new coat of paint over it. That type of behavior will come back to haunt you. But that said, be aware that your own experiences, books you've read, movies, television, all that will color your written word, and that's expected. But use your individual voice and make it your own story. For example, the movie Pretty Woman, it's a modern retelling of Cinderella. It's complete with a fairy tale transformation and a happily ever after. So it's a it's a it's an old story retold, and that happens over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And so you will never get a, a a unique story that no one has ever heard before, because they've all been told. Is there a certain genre that's very popular right now, or do some of those magazines, the fifty three that um, that you're going to give our listeners? Are they very widespread, covering different genres, or is it... No, I get your question. No, it, it all depends on your reader interest. Um, again, if you pick a magazine that has a very low subscription rate, it, it's a book that's sort of off-brand, hunting in North Carolina woods where there's streams. I don't know, something oddball. It's not going to sell like something in Good Housekeeping or something in Woman's World. Woman's World magazine, they have a romantic story and a mystery, a whodunit mystery in every issue, and they have an issue a week. Oh, wow. They have like 2 million subscribers. Wow. Yeah. They're a very good paying magazine, too, and very easy to, to, uh, to send their stories to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, you're not going to send something to Chicken Soup for the Soul that you would send to Field and Stream or, you know. <laughs> well, very, you, you could if you make if you make disparate. it interesting enough, I suppose. <laughs> but, yeah. Some kind of crossover. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if Chicken well, Soup for the Soul had an edition of uh, Outdoor Living, maybe. <laughs> you know, they have their themes, you know, so maybe. Do you find when, once you've been accepted by one of those like Chicken Soup for the Soul, do you think when they see your stuff coming in, your work, that it kind of pumps it up a little bit? Or they just get so many that you're... You mean for, Chicken Soup for the Soul will take take notice of me now? Yeah. That I've sold to them before? Yes. Well, that's a good question. I don't know what they do in office, but um, I've sold 10 stories, 10 different books to them. So I guess they like me. They like the way I write. Women's World Magazine now, they don't care. Um, I could sell, I sold dozens of stories to them some years ago, and then all of a sudden they changed editors, and the new editor, eh, she's just not crazy about my, my style. So I haven't sold one since then. Oh, wow. So it's, yeah, you know. But I guess it's like anything else when you're you're doing this. You just, almost like casting, you just go to every audition, you send to everything you possibly can, and you hope that there's somebody on the other end that, that you're going to make an impact on it. And accept it. That's that, that's very true. When I was selling to Women's uh, World, um, the editor there, her name was uh, Patricia. 
she really liked me and um, I sent all my work to her and she passed it on up so you make contacts too that help in the business absolutely mm-hmm. now where were you from originally Massachusetts Springfield Massachusetts yeah and do you find now in this day and age with the web and all of these online submissions you don't need to be unlike acting you know where you need to be in New York or near it to kind of really get in there for writing you could really send and submit anywhere anywhere you could be up in the woods in Maine and nobody around you and still be successful you could be in a big city it doesn't matter it doesn't matter with the internet and you're right and it used to be we would submit by mail I back in the day I submitted my stories by mail wow and you don't have to do that anymore it's almost like an eight track so no you know no place where you are has no bearing on anything we were talking about submitting short stories you don't need an editor you don't have to have an agent in order to do that at what point would you would you need an agent is that only if you go into the larger you know writing full full-blown novels Yes, from novella up, from 10,000 words up, you're, you're going to need... I mean, you can self-publish, but unless you've got a huge following, you're not going to sell very many books. Right. So if you really want to sell some books and get into bookstores, you have to be with the, what's called the Big Five, Big Five Publishing Houses. Oh. And that takes an agent. The only one that doesn't take an agent that I know of is Harlequin. You can submit right to Harlequin. Okay. But they're very formulatic. You better read some Harlequin before you write your Harlequin story because they follow a whole they follow a system. Are they like Hallmark movies? Yes, very much so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very good um example. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, there's a misunderstanding. Do you think they'll figure it out by the end? Will they ever she's get She's going to bump into him and she's going to drop her books and he's going to pick them up. Yes. 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 Do you want to talk about writer's writer's block? Sure. Do you believe in writer's block? And if you do, how do you work through it? You know, I don't believe in writer's block. Writer's block is just not being able to figure out where the story is going. Like I said before, there are two kinds of writers, plotters and pantsers. Plotters make a detailed outline of each chapter and what's going to happen and who gets kissed, blah, blah, blah. I poo-poo that because I'm a pantser, and a pantser is someone who writes by the seat of their pants. I know sort of, kind of, where I want the story to go. But frankly, again, the characters speak to me as I'm going along. Uh, A good plot outline will keep the writer moving along, though. And I do use Michael Haig's six-stage plot structure, so I always know where I'm headed. You have to have some kind of system. I mean, there are times when I get stuck and I find myself in a corner and I think, why did I bring in that neighbor or uh, whatever? But there are ways to bring the story back around. Um, and I, and again, you mentioned my ebook, Write Better, right now. I discuss that in that book, and I give a lot of uh, examples of ways to get that story back on track and keep going. Well, again, I thank you so much for doing this. Um, I really appreciate it, and I'm sure that our listeners will. Very good. I'm happy to do it. I think you've ins- you'll inspire a lot of people to start. You know, I know people journal and take a shot. You, you have nothing to lose. You're just getting your creativity out there, and uh, and hopefully it'll pay off for some. Well, that's true. And, you know, they don't send you rejection letters like they used to. You're, if you don't hear from them, it wasn't chosen. You just keep moving on. 
Or you send it to some other magazine. Rewrite right. it so it fits a different magazine. Well, that, that brings up an interesting question. Do you submit the same story to multiple places, or are there rules against that? It depends on the magazine. Some will not take um, multiple submissions, and they'll tell you that right in the rules. Okay. If you've submitted it before, we don't want it. If it's been printed before, we don't want it. So follow their guidelines. But um, if I if I don't uh, if I write a story like my my one hundred word story about the serial killer date thing, um, I've submitted that to maybe I don't know five, seven, eight places now. Not a lot of places take short stories like that short. But mm-hmm. whenever I see something coming up on on the internet that's looking for a, a, a really short story or a drabble, they call it. I shoot that one off to it. Eventually, someone's going to bite because it's a cute little short story. Right. It just hasn't hit the right ear yet. And then once somebody does bite, that kind of goes, you file all your stories? Do you keep them all? Is there kind of an index somewhere that you know, oh, I can't send this or I sent this one already and this got accepted and do you track all of that? I keep records of, of what I send out when and also on, on that little uh, line is... Um, when I exp- like, they'll say, send the story by February twenty uh, eighth, and after that, if I don't hear from them in a few months, it's probably not gonna, it's probably not gonna hit. And uh, I'll either put a yes or a no, and and if I sell it, I put a yes, and then I know I've sold this story. Yes, I do keep track. You you have to keep track. Yeah. All right, great. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Theater Project Thinks About. Our audio engineer was Gary Glor, and our theme music was by Gail Liu and Damien DeSandes. Visit thetheaterproject.org to sign up for our mailing list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. And if you liked what you heard today, please consider leaving a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.